Hey, chiropractors and marketers. We are ready for another modern chiropractic marketing show with Dr. Kevin Christie, where we discuss the latest in marketing strategies, content marketing, direct response marketing, and business development with some of the leading experts in the industry. Hey, docs. Welcome to another episode of the Modern Chiropractic Marketing Show. Today, I've got a solo episode for you, and I'm going to break down why uh, blogging is necessary. Obviously, you know, maybe as chiropractors, we don't get huge traction on our blogs where we've got uh, thousands or even, you know, sometimes millions, some of these bloggers have, but it doesn't mean you shouldn't write a blog and it doesn't mean it's not useful. And, and frankly, I think it can be really the the bedrock in the start of your content creation. So as, as many of you know, I'm a big content marketer and I think it's really congruent with being a doctor and having a very well rounded uh, marketing approach that's not uh, cheesy and sales salesy and some of the other types of marketing that is out there and so uh, if you fancy yourself as a doctor that is uh, you know not wanting to do a lot of the other types of marketing that's out there I feel like content marketing is very instrumental in, in achieving that and having a really good scalable marketing platform and so uh, I actually put together a large infographic, and I'm going to put a, a portion of that into the show notes for you, and I'm going to use that as my guide. I, I kind of whiteboarded this out and then had it designed uh, into an infographic. But essentially, I, I feel like you can start your content creation in, a, you know, let's just take a month, right? We, we don't need to worry about a week or a quarter uh, right now, but just for a month of, of generating content and being consistent with it. To do that, you know, you really want to create content and you want to curate content and then you want to make sure that you you know really repurpose a lot of that and just for some definitions uh, curated content means taking other content and sharing that or utilizing that obviously with references you know like if you're writing a blog you know I, I know I recently wrote a blog on golf and I took a, a snippet from the Titleist Performance Institute they had a really nice blog on golf and, and low back pain. So obviously I referenced them. I linked up the URL. So you get some backlinking uh, and put a big, nice snippet of that into my blog, which obviously helps support what I was saying. Uh, but, you know, you could also take that whole blog, the TPI blog on golf and low back pain, and you could, you know, send that as an email to your patients. You could share that through Instagram, Facebook, things like that. Uh, so that's an example of sharing curated content. And I always think a, a very well-developed uh, marketing strategy has some curated content into it. It doesn't have to all be created by you. But I think, you know, if you generate some blogs, videos, Facebook lives, those are really good starting points to really create a lot of content and distribute it. Um, you know, this infographic I did put together has uh, all three of those. You know, one is just recorded video to the blog, three Facebook Live. If you want reference, I did a whole blog post and I've done a podcast episode on it, but the, you can go to modernmarketing.com to get either of those. Um, the title for the blog is an epic content marketing strategy for chiropractors. 
And in that one, I detail out how to start from Facebook Live and then redistribute a lot of the content. You know, you can download that video, you can post it on YouTube, you can take the audio and make a podcast out of it. I'm not going to dive into all that because I've already done the podcast episode on that, but it's just amazing what you can do uh, if you start from Facebook Live or if you even start from recorded video. But for the purpose of this particular episode, we're going to start from the blog. So this is where you can really make this the bedrock of your content creation. And so if you develop a really good blog, a nice hearty blog, and you put that onto your website. So that would be number one step is to get that onto your website. Uh, Now, I do recommend having some YouTube links into that blog to your YouTube with some videos that support the content that you wrote about, maybe some videos of other curated content that also supports your blog. But that's going to be part of having a robust blog is having some video links into there. So, you know, write the blog. That's step one, a nice, good healthy blog, 750 words to 1500 words, you know, if you can do one a month, uh, you know, there's some that say more than that. I think if you start as chiropractors getting to once a week, the it's too much quantity, not enough quality. Um, I'm starting to be a, a much, a much firmer believer in the quality of the blog. And so if you could get one really good blog in, in a month, and again, a nice, well-developed blog with uh, different types of um, backlinks and making sure it's SEO friendly. So that's the the next uh, step that I'll discuss. But you know, you really want to make sure that it's it's a good blog with really good content and that it is fact checked and it is uh, worthwhile content, not just made up stuff. So start with the blog. You get, you're going to get that onto your website, right? And then if you have WordPress or some others, um, you know, I know we utilize WordPress and so we have a plugin that's amazing. It's called Yoast and that's Y-O-A-S-T. And that actually is like a, a meter to measure your SEO quality of the blog. And so when you put the blog onto there and you put this subject and, and you do all that, it'll say SEO and most of the times, if you just do that and you put it on there, it'll say needs improvement. But then when you go down to the bottom, it'll actually give you why it needs improvement. You know, not enough subheadings, not enough keywords, didn't add a keyword. So, you know, like you really want to add the keyword. And this thing actually becomes your guide to uh, making it SEO good or okay. But usually we like to aim for good. And I'm not going to dive too much into how to make the blog SEO. That'll probably be a whole other episode. Uh, today, really, the focus is you know taking the blog and really making that your month's worth of content uh, that is sustainable and high quality. So, you know, onto the website, you got the uh, the Google SEO. So you want to make sure you're getting that, which is one of the huge benefits of the of the the blog itself is what it does for Google, right? Like if that's if that's all you got out of it, that would be worthwhile. So. That's big step number one. That's really the the most reason why people do blogs, other than obviously you want to get that expert positioning in your community, which obviously takes really good distribution, which is the, the point of this episode to get people to uh, actually see it. So then, you know, from that blog, you can also turn that into a video, right? So you can either shoot a video and turn in a blog, but if you do the blog first, you can turn that into a video, right? You can talk about it. You don't have to read the the blog, but you can, you know, you wrote it now, you can get on camera for five minutes or less or more or whatever you want. 
and talk about it. So now you've got a video and what you can do is you can turn that into a YouTube video, right? Then you're going to, remember, you're going to take that YouTube video and put it into the blog itself. So you're going to get some backlinkings. And then like, let's say you talk about certain corrective exercises or stretches to do in this particular blog or certain assessments that you do, just whatever you can think of. You'd like to have a few videos that really help uh, support that. And if you've already got it on your YouTube channel, just put it in there. If not, shoot the quick video and then put it on YouTube and then get it into the, the blog. So that's a big one there. Okay, so now that you know, you've gone from blog to video, and again, I, just to reiterate, you can go from video to blog, you know, either way. But you go from blog to video, and now you can repurpose that video into an email to your uh, patients. Obviously, we already mentioned YouTube. You can run a Facebook ad for that video. Okay, you could directly upload it to Facebook. You can choose to shoot a shorter video, minute or less, that you can use for Instagram. Or you can decide to shoot a Facebook Live, which will be obviously a different than the recorded video. So you've got so many options. You can you know, take the one video and repurpose that. So you're getting all these different types of avenues to take content and, and put it into different digestible forms uh, for your audience. All right, so we're going to move on away from video at this point and go through different options. You could, if you had a local podcast, you know, and or whatever, it doesn't have to be local per se, but there's plenty of chiropractors that are streamlining podcasting where it's very easy. I know many chiropractors with their own podcasts and not just podcasts that are for chiropractors like this one per se with more of a national audience, but like, you know, I've had the Modern Desk Jockey podcast or I know there's many of other chiropractors that do podcasts for local so you could actually take that video and have the audio stripped from it and it becomes your podcast episode. So that's a, another way of distributing out this content, which is, is great. All right. The next one is you can obviously, once you write this blog and you got all the backlinkings on it, you can share it on Facebook. And then from Facebook, you've got, you've got a few different options, right? Obviously you could do a Facebook ad. You can do a Facebook post on your personal and your business page. And then from there, you can choose to run an ad or boosted post, but be strategic with your, your boosted posts on that. And then the last one is in Facebook groups, right? If you're active and you provide value in certain local Facebook groups and you've built up some know, like, and trust in there, you would ask the admin of that group if you could share the blog post. If they didn't, that's fine. Still try to be as useful and answer and comments and things like that. But really, if you don't know the the rules of engagement of Facebook groups, try to make sure you do. You can Google that. There's plenty of information on that particular topic of like (laughs) the rules of groups. And a lot of times most groups will have rules. So always, you know, if you get involved in a group, try to read its um, bylaws in a sense and best practices within that group before you just start posting your blogs into it. A little disclaimer on that. So then obviously you can put your blog on Instagram. You can put it on Twitter as well, right? You can get a, a bit.ly link that can help shorten the link there and you know and do a little blurb. One thing I do recommend is when you do post your blog onto Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, also write in, you know, like let's just say Twitter, you've got some characters to write about, you know, like a little synopsis, a little mini synopsis on the blog. So people will be compelled to click on that and read uh, the actual blog. Okay. Same thing with Instagram, you know, write a little blurb, make sure you got your hashtags in there and then have the link to the, the blog to people get to it. And, and then obviously same with, with Facebook. Lastly, as far as the particular blog, you can turn it into print. We decided instead of doing a monthly newsletter that was front and back, 
to do a quarterly newsletter that was four pages and it could be opened up on really nice cardstock, not thick cardstock, but like kind of loose leaf, but glossy. And so each quarter now we, we have a nice, well-developed print newsletter that we put into our uh, reception area. Uh, I've taken out all the old magazines and all the different things that are not content that we create and replaced it with our, you know, our healthy info cards like the microbreak card and carpal tunnel stretches and the desk ergonomics card, our newsletter, the desk jockey book that we wrote, things of that nature. So everything in our reception area is the uh, educational content that we've created and the print newsletter is now part of that. And what we tend to do is take one or two of the blogs that we've written for digital for our website and we just put it onto print. And obviously with that print, you can choose to just, um, you can do a newsletter that is just a digital newsletter and also email it. But you could also do, you could easily turn that into a printed newsletter, which I recommend. And then you can do direct mail if you want to as well. Uh, There is typically a pretty good ROI on that, but there is an upfront cost to doing a direct mail newsletter where you physically mail that to your patients. But that's something to look into. I know people do that successfully, but you'll just have to weigh the, the cost to that. And then obviously when you're done with that email, you can, I'm sorry, with that blog, you can email it to your patients, which is huge. I mean, that's one of the one of the best, right? And so as you can see, when you create your own blog and you distribute it through all of these channels, you've developed a, easily a month's worth of really good content. Um, and you can take little chunks out of it, of the blog, and turn that into little Facebook posts, right? Like if you have a nice little, you know, section in the blog, you could take that and it can be just a, uh, its own post. It could be its own email. There's a lot you can do with it. And then if you also take that idea of curated content, which I mentioned earlier in this episode, you can run that curated content through the same channels, essentially. And now with those two things, you've developed a lot of good educational content for your community that will be consistent, you know, not overwhelming, right? I think that's one of the biggest challenges for docs is that they feel overwhelmed with having to treat patients and do notes and do all the things we have to do in private practice, but also create content. But if you start with a blog and, you know, I think if you spent two to three hours, maybe two to four hours writing the blog and doing a good job of it, I think you could handle that in a month, right? Like this, I'm not asking a ton. I typically, what I do is I hit to the coffee shop on a, one of my half days and pound it out in a couple hours and then go from there. And a lot of times what I'll do is like, I start writing the blog and I realize, okay, I need to shoot a few videos to really plug into this blog. And then I'll do that and then insert, you know, put them into YouTube, all that stuff, and then insert it into the blog. And then, uh, and then the last stage is to obviously get it onto my website. So that is how you can take a blog and really make that the bedrock of your content marketing strategy for your practice, where it's very ethical, it's very elegant. It's almost like invisible marketing, which I like, you know, people just think of you as a useful educator in the community and not necessarily a marketer. And that's, I think some of the psychology behind being a doctor and marketing is you don't want your, like, you know, it hasn't affected me too much at all to where, you know, I know my patients sometimes say like, yeah, you're really good at marketing. I was like, yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. You know, I'm just trying to educate the community. And sometimes I look at myself as an, an educator, just as I, as much as I do, you know, a, a practitioner. So have that mindset, create a lot of content, start with the blog, 
and just go from there. So there's definitely different ways to slice this up. You don't have to do all of it, but I do think you can do all of it. And I think the more the merrier, as long as the content is of high quality. Okay. So remember high quality content, don't worry about as much quantity of the blogs, but really try to repurpose that. So I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Going to come back at you soon with um, another interview, but that was going to be something I wanted to discuss. I was really trying to wrap my head around it, whiteboarded it, infographic, and uh, now I turned that into some right, some repurposed content just for you. All right, so have a good good week in practice. I'll be talking to you next week, and hopefully you folks up in the north are starting to get a little bit warmer weather and <laughs> enjoy your your spring into the summer. Have a great one. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Modern Chiropractic Marketing Show with Dr. Kevin Christie. Tune in next week for another episode that will enhance your marketing, business, and practice growth. Also, don't forget to subscribe to Dr. Christie's Modern Desk Jockey podcast and share it with your desk-sitting patients. In the Modern Desk Jockey, Dr. Christie provides health and wellness best practices from some of the leading experts in the corporate wellness industry. Remember, chiropractic practice isn't easy, but it shouldn't be overwhelming. Keep leveling up.